Welcome, big data miners, to episode 206 of the Nerd Travaganza podcast, where, as always, we have nothing to hide. I'm Tom. I'm Brian. And I'm Cam. And tonight we'll be discussing data in the wake of some interesting related current events. I think we can all agree. Uh, but first, I'll remind you to make maximum use of your data plan by checking us out on iTunes and sending positive review and star data our way. And with that done, let's start off the show with our Weekly Geekly, Geekly Weekly update. Cam, we have missed you, sir, so why don't you fill us in on what's been going on? Uh, it's good to be missed, and I apologize for missing these last couple of weeks. I was on a European adventure. Uh, I went, uh, took my companion to Greece and uh, did like a two-week tour of the country and coasts and all everything that was there. Uh, saw some pretty amazing stuff, uh, you know, Temple of Poseidon, the, you know, the hot gates of Thermopylae from, you know, from the movie 300, uh, just, you know, the Pantheon, just one thing more jaw drop, jaw dropping than the next. It was a really amazing time. So I was there for two weeks, got back uh, a few days ago and I've just been digging out from, you know, being away for once you're mm. away for two weeks, obviously when you come back, you have a whole mountain of stuff to get through. Uh, but that did not stop me from going to the adventure game store and gaming uh, this past week. Um, and uh, that was a good time. Had some, uh, had some fun with the usuals there. And uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Yeah, pretty, pretty full week. I can't claim to have traveled to other continents. So it was, uh, it was fun. Pretty cool. We did enjoy seeing your updates from various geeky spots you found uh, in and among all the world treasures. That was cool. Yeah, there was some really cool. Uh, I was surprised that Greece had some pr- a pretty amazing gaming scene, and it was pretty funny that like we were there, and if you didn't hear people speaking Greek, you would have thought that you were at the adventure game store. You know what I mean? <laughs> Everybody looked the same, except they were a little darker because they were Greek and they spoke Greek. But I mean, they were playing X Wing, they were playing Love Letter, they were playing Splendor, they were playing Magic. It was just some guys were doing RPGs. It was it was amazing. And uh, I had a really good time there. Bunch of rules lawyers and uh, related. <laughs> yeah, individual. exactly. Yeah, cool, if anyone's cool. ever in uh, Greece, in Athens, I d- highly recommend going to a game store called Kasha, K-A-S-S-I-A. The guys there were awesome. Sat and played and talked with them. They were actually playing. When I got there, they were actually playing Big Book of Madness, which is one of the more recent yellow games uh, that's oh. come out. Uh, and, uh, they actually, I was told them, you know, I do some work for yellow and they were, you know, they, they actually had some questions. So I was like, yeah, you got to do this and that. So it was, it was fun bridging the, uh, bridging the cultural and, uh, country gap. You know? Awesome, man. I'm, um, I'm impressed. Thank you for being a good ambassador, both for yellow <laughs> and the United States. The Nerd <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and, and last of all, the Nerd Travaganza podcast. We put, our, <laughs> we put our country and your, uh, rep job with yellow above ourselves. That's how <laughs> no, selfless we are. Podcast comes first. <laughs> oh, nice. Nice. Brian, what about you, man? You've been uh, ambassadoring anywhere for us? A little bit more on the selfish side this week. Uh, very Star Wars-y for me. Most people probably know the, the Force Awakens DVD, Blu-ray, digital, high def, whatever package yep. came out this week. Picked that up. And uh, Poe Dameron's comic book finally released this week. 
So picked up issue one of that. Oh, I got to swing by and pick that up. Any good? Pretty cool alternate covers. God help us. <laughs> yeah, especially if you're into that stupid little robot. Uh, there's a robot. No. Yeah. And uh, any more animal hides come your way for for skinning? No, no. I have I have three pretty big hides. Uh, kind of smelling up the room. So enough <laughs> for right now. I shouldn't say for skinning. The skinning produces the hide, so I guess I meant yeah. for leather working. But uh, all right, well, you got plenty of uh, plenty of hide still to get through, and uh, I think that brings it around to me. What have I been doing? Jeez, totally lost track of time. Oh, it was wrestling. There was lots of wrestling this week. WrestleMania <laughs> happened, which is the big wrestling event. And uh, prior to that, I hung out with Nick, who uh, was formerly of the show and on whose show I've been a few times. And we went, uh, we watched NXT TakeOver. NXT is like the kind of indie promotion that the WWE has. And uh, that, so kind of their big TakeOver event was right before WrestleMania. And then, of course, caught WrestleMania remotely uh, because I was not there. I'm in Seattle. If you can't tell by the change of venue, I'm in the Red Door studio here in, <laughs> here in Seattle. And... Um, between that, my companion and I went to a burlesque show prior to leaving Florida, which was WWE, WWE themed. Yeah, and that was that was kind of wow. cool. That was her idea, and uh, it was it was kind of cool. Uh, somebody was Shawn Michaels. Somebody was Sting. I think there was Hulk Hogan. Mankind. I kind of want to see a Mankind stripper. <laughs> it was it was pretty cool. I think that was I think it was just those four actually. Oh, and um, th- there's a there's a cosplayer from our South Florida area. Forgive me, her name is eluding me. Is Alexis or Alex Alexa? Alexa Jean Grey. I th- yeah 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 yeah. She was there dressed as the Undertaker, but she wasn't a dancer. She was kind of like <laughs> it turns out during a burlesque show you have to doff your costume. So she was uh, helping you know pick those pick those items up uh, as the as the burlesque performers cycled off the stage. So um, I, I thought she looked familiar. And then my companion pointed out, she's like, Oh yeah, her name's Alexa or Alexia. So uh, I didn't say anything to her, but I remember, I think I remember seeing her at some convention a few years ago, Brian, that, that's how I do her. I've seen her at Chibi Paw a lot. I think you, you may have when we were presented. Yeah. I think that was Chibi Paw. Yep. Anyway. So a lot of wrestling, all sorts of wrestling stuff. And now, of course, I'm back out in Seattle uh, after, and after having recovered from a, a little illness I was enduring, uh, I am uh, in one of the nerdiest cities on earth, in my opinion, and I'm happy about that. So that's it. That's my update. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, with that said, I just, geez, I don't know what we transitioned to. It's been so long. We've been missing. <laughs> Oh, we're missing our news correspondent, Cam, who happens yes. to be here now. And I who was on should location. now? <laughs> well, now you're on the spot. It is time for some news. All right. No problem. Um, so we're getting closer and closer to uh, Minority Report, you know, future Big Brother just, you know, taking over the world. Uh, China has recently um, enacted or started using uh, drive and seek police cars that use facial recognition to scan the crowds. Uh, of people in every city to compare the basically compare with the the scans with known wanted criminals. So 
they've got this big apparatus mounted on top of all their police cars. They just drive around and it scans everyone's faces. And if it pings a hit of someone that is, you know, wanted for a crime, just lets the driver know the guy pulls over and makes an arrest. Wow. So that is, I guess good, but kind of scary at the same kind time. Kind of scary. Kind of scary. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Vietnam is taking sort of an alternative approach. They're going a little low tech. Uh, if you get driving fines or, you know, basically minor offenses and, and, and things like that, they've gone back to instead of fining you or giving you like little jail time, uh, they've, they're making you write lines. Like you remember when you were in grade <laughs> wow. school and you had to, you had to write yes. lines? Yes. Yeah. So now they're saying basically, okay, you've got to write lines and, and you know, I will not, you know, jaywalk anymore. Or I will not turn right on a red or, you know, whatever their traffic laws are. Um, wow. So they've got to write lines. and uh, That know, sounds terrible. Yeah. I'd, I'd rather pay the 20 bucks or whatever it is. Me too. Yeah. Did, did you ever know any kids whose mom like worked in an office or anything and they just went and had their lines photocopied and turned them in? No, I I feel like the teachers were pretty like on top of making sure like we had to do it like there, you know, like we'd have to stay after school and do it in front of the teacher. See, ours were take home and like, uh, man, this, this one teacher would dole out in increments of 350 and be like oh, well, 350, 700, 1050. And like, I got really good at knowing like, you know, multiples of 350 because <laughs> I, yeah. I, I think my record was like over 2000 lines I had to do. It's crazy. Not to not to, to beat this other trip too much, but I would do the first few pages and then there was a lot of just like <laughs> shorthand, like line drawing wow. <laughs> to fill in the bulk of it. God, that's sucky. Yeah. It, it's an effective punishment. It is. It definitely is. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, look, I guess it's cool, but like, you know, like I said, I'd rather just pay the fine and just be done <laughs> with it. You know, I don't want to sit there for two hours and write 500 lines of why I shouldn't have gone, you know, why well, shouldn't have blown the stop sign? You know? <laughs> uh, I meant to start off with this one, uh, with this uh, article, but and it's, it's quick. Uh, just since I was on a plane, I, uh, I was on a freaking eleven-hour flight on the way home, Oof. and it was br- it was brutal. Uh, but they actually did have a um, pretty cool, like you know, they had a pretty sophisticated uh, entertainment set. You know, everyone had their own little TV, and uh, they had a bunch of really cool movies. I mean, they had uh, Force Awakens. Oh, nice to, to watch. So I watched that like twice. Uh, but then they had a bunch of other like new movies and stuff. So, you know, we, I sort of got through the boredom that way, but, um, it was a pretty small screen. I'd say it was only about 10 inches, you know, but about 10 inch screen. Um, but within the near future, within the next year or so, they're saying that, um, even in economy seats, uh, you're going to have a 21 to 22 inch touchscreen on most flights. Wow. Uh, okay. so yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to that because I did fly economy. I was cheap on the flight, so. <laughs> Ouch. so ho- hopefully, my next flight to Greece will have a 22 uh, inch uh, touchscreen. Uh, yeah, that would make you uh, pass the time. I'm I'm a little shocked, man. That's a long flight uh, to at least not try to get a business seat or something. Yeah, it was. You know, the it was it was very inexpensive, so I just sort of decided, well, let's go with it. I got I got the emergency exit seat though, so that was. That oh, was that's nice. nice. That's nice. Um, the uh we'll stick with uh force awakens i guess um spheros bb8 the little remote control uh uh bb8 figure that tom you have and i have mm-hmm. um apparently now has a software update that you can uh it will sit and watch force awakens with you and react to it 
Oh, nice. Yeah, so it's, it's really cool. You can sit and watch it with BB-8 and uh, he'll, uh, you know, he'll spout little things at different parts of the movie and, you know. That's happening. That is totally yeah. happening. That's cool. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. You just need to, I mean, you have to buy the, uh, you have to buy a copy of the, of the movie. I will. And, uh, and then you just uh, activate it, set the phone down and point at BB-8 at the screen and that's it. And he's going to watch it with you. <laughs> That sounds awesome. It's pretty cool. The app, the app on your phone just picks up the audio from the, I guess, from the from the movie and yeah. then it translates. But uh, that's pretty cool. Pretty cool feature. I can't imagine how cool that would be as a kid. Yeah, right. I mean, like, think about what we were doing when we were kids. Like, you know, like, I, I, I don't know, man. This just blows me away. Verbot, turn left. Verbot, yeah. turn left. I know what I was doing. <laughs> Teddy Ruxpin, <laughs> don't creep me out. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh just just because i i it's my probably my favorite franchise uh god of war 4 is coming out soon. yes um, nice. and they leaked uh the fact that it's going to be a norse like viking norse mythology theme cool. um, which is pretty cool i've seen some of the screenshots it looks pretty awesome uh but i really love god of war just, uh, my brother and i like we love playing those games and uh so much so that he do- he named his dog kratos <laughs> that's cool so, so we uh we love that franchise looking forward to, it, to coming out um Me too. speaking speaking of uh video games a republican congressman uh from of all places i believe it's california yeah san diego county or from california by the name of duncan hunter uh, has some explaining to do apparently he spent 1302 dollars of campaign finance funds uh, to steam to download video games. <laughs> so, uh, and he's such a great guy, uh, that he is throwing his kid under the bus and saying, Oh, it was my son. He took my credit card and he downloaded a bunch of games off steam and he didn't know it was the wrong credit card. Right. Uh, right. But, uh, you know, I guess nice try Duncan. Yeah, even politicians, even politicians got to play video games, which is pretty bears itself out. If you've watched House of Cards, uh, Kevin Spacey loves to play video games on that show. Okay, there you go. And finally, to round it out, uh, round out the news, um, it seems that uh, an Indiegogo project has popped up to make a vagina beer. They've uh... found it's called Bottled Instinct. And uh, they found this Czech model, Alexandra Brendlova, and apparently she is going to be infusing her essence into this beer uh, if it gets funded by Indiegogo. And then you will be able to drink it. Disturbing, but a reality. That, I mean, we could feed, you know, nations without those donations, but... Uh... Right, but we need vagina beer instead. I mean, not, not, not to get graphic, but they're, they're going to take... Uh secretions from this person and put them in the beer yes yes it's exactly what it sounds like they're going to take her whatever is is like the top tier donator get to milk her at least i mean (laughs) yeah (laughs) i didn't actually look at the the project but i should look at the uh at the the actual campaign and see you know do you get to uh be one of the uh extractors (laughs) i'll offer this as i always seem to offer things like this when it comes to gross out stuff it's slightly less gross if she's hot, but it's still unacceptably gross. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's like you sort of will entertain the idea because she's a Czech model, but right. 
it's still like, wow, that's disgusting. Right, right, right. If she's like a, if she's like a Czech sumo wrestler or something, you know, suddenly it's, <laughs> it's like, it's, but it's, it's not even orders of magnitude. Like we're already way at the gross out limit and now we're just yeah. like approaching maximum gross out here yeah. in increments. So <laughs> yeah, it makes it slightly less horrifying. <laughs> oh. God. Okay. Yuck. Uh, God of War, man. Can't wait for God of War. Let's talk about that again. I'm yeah. About yeah. This. God of War. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, the one other thing I forgot actually in my, and I guess we can throw it into the news is um, Tate's had its annual sale this week. Huh? Tate's, for those that don't know, is a big comic book uh, gaming store down here in South Florida. And I picked up some pretty awesome swag. And I want to nice. show you guys, I apologize for, uh, I, let me run off camera real quick, but let me grab it. Uh, I want to show you guys the actual Greek board game that I bought. It's pretty amazing. Hold on. I won't remember Greek board game when we when we go back to this episode in like 300 years. I'll, I'll remember Vagina Beer. <laughs> me too. Me too. Why, wait, <laughs> lap dance? It is called lap dance. Yes. <laughs> the, the boss just fired the manager of his most prestigious trip club and is now looking for a new one. In lap dance, players take the role uh, of entertainment assistants at the strip club. Their job is to satisfy their customers' desires, which include dancers, drinks, and various luxuries. <laughs> so wow. you gotta be you gotta be the best strip club manager you can be, and you gotta wrangle the girls and make the patrons of the strip club happy. I, I read about okay. this, but I, f I forgot about it until until you just mentioned outrageous tabletop. Did anyone else see the uh, insane clown posse deck builder? No. no, is that on Kickstarter or is that like I don't, it's already out? I don't think they're doing a Kickstarter. They just they've decided to publish a, a deck building game based on Juggalo lifestyle. Like That's the actual amazing. band, I believe, is doing it. Like That's absolutely amazing. Yeah, that um, wow, gaming is it's reaching a new elevated position. I think branching it's out. Fair to say, yeah, I, I wonder what the overlap is though of gamers and like insane clown posse Juggalo fan. You know, Juggalos are fans. Mm -hmm. I I mean I know of them, but like I wouldn't say I'm a fan. I see a lot of people at gaming events and in gaming circles who I would not be surprised to learn are at least dabble in juggaloing. <laughs> uh, I'll offer that. Uh, anything else for news, Cam? No, that's it. Let's get into the topic. Okay. Um. Uh, Pretty pretty good segue actually because the topic <laughs> the topic was inspired by news uh, since the last episode and within the same week some stories broke. One was about a couple who received a visit from the police. I don't believe there are any arrests or seizures of property, but somebody I guess said that they had been involved in um, or they were suspected of distributing child pornography or something like that. And when the police came and learned that they were operating a Tor exit node, and for those of you who don't know, Tor is this network that provides anonymity to its users by bouncing traffic around randomly to these nodes. Yeah. So I'm here, I want to surf a, a website. It bounces all around between all these servers and exits from an exit node, I think, and makes the request and passes it back or something. I think that's more or less how it works. Yeah. Um, take the circuitous route or convoluted route, however you would want to say that. Um, so they received a visit from the police. And I, I, as I, last I read, they, ha they hadn't been arrested, but um, it raised some concerns. Like, you know, just having a Tor node shouldn't 
uh, either bring suspicion or add to suspicion uh, was kind of the guy's argument. Not saying the police went there just for that, but that was one piece of interesting news, whether or not and got people thinking whether or not the police have a right to take a dim view of somebody facilitating private communications. Uh, the other big news piece was, and I don't think this really has to do with networking per se. Brian, I know, wants to get into this. There was a rather substantial leak of data indicating, much to my shock, and I know yours too, that a lot of wealthy, influential people around the world stash their money overseas to avoid paying tax. And <laughs> I mean, who would have guessed? Right. Uh, these being the Panama Papers, as they were called. I think the operative word might be papers. And uh, again, I, I will defer to Brian. So let, let's dive in. Brian, I, I know you wanted to talk about the Panama Papers. Um, and because you, you, you seem to, you were telling me that, that they weren't really leaked in a, what we've come to think of as a traditional way. Is that right? I think it's, and this probably leads right back to a tour node or a tour exit node, but it, it's fascinating to me how in this world of zero privacy, news agencies from all over have been sharing this information for almost a year now without saying a word, without any kind of pre-leak leak or anything like that, without anybody catching wind of it. And I, I, I'm, I'm blown away by that. I'm blown away by how anything that big can be made legitimately pre private secret. And, and I was reading too, just today to give you some kind of sense of scale, it's 11 million documents. It's pretty much every record that company kept over the last 40 wow. years. Wow. You know how big WikiLeaks was? Records wise? Roughly. I mean, you know, like the idea of WikiLeaks and how groundbreaking it was. Oh, yeah. Two yeah, yeah. thousand times as many documents. Wow. Huh. And were these leaked through hacking or how, how did this ha I know you, you, you wanted to bring up that they were leaked through some kind of maybe a different way than most people would think? Well, they or... were approached by uh, no one knows, and if anyone knows, they're not saying, a completely anonymous person who had this information from what they do. So probably an employee at the, mm. the, the, the bank, is it called a bank? I mean, whatever industry enabled all of this, probably an employee there. But what they did from there is like one guy had the information and he was understood if he got killed or anything like that, uh, he had to share it somehow. So they pretty much created their own tour. Oh, there's okay. a, a web browser that allows them to share data and browse data. And there's actually uh, like like real time communication in the browser. I'm, I'm sorry, not browser uh, search engine. I see. I see. So, so a closed tour, a journalistic tour. Okay. Okay. So that, that's how they were able to not have the information spill out from within their, their little, what's the word I'm looking for? Privileged circle of yeah. consumers, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Interesting. So there's a case, this is an interesting case because on one hand data, which everybody claims to want, to be private and, and unreachable, or a lot of people do, was leaked revealing wrongdoing. So it was a good thing. 
and it was um, held within media circles through security means, right? Through security measures. Yeah. Um, until it was finally released, you know, to to the broader public. Then on the flip side, the police went to these people's home because, and, and this is true from what I understand, Tor and other network, and I suppose other networks like it, but Tor being the, the big one, the dark net or whatever they call it, uh, has been known to be used to traffic in all sorts of illicit goods and information, uh, you know, victimizing children in the form of pornography. I think Silk Road ran via the Tor network, if I, if I yep. remember correctly. Um, so that kind of gets to the meat of tonight's episode, which is, and, and I feel like this also is a follow on from the Apple scandal, maybe a few weeks back about the, the non-existent like, Apple the scandal. <laughs> the non-existent oh, sorry, Apple. we just yeah. cracked it without you. Mm. Yeah. Which is also kind of scary, but, um, yeah, just kind of a discussion of the goods and bads of data and of hiding and, and securing data. Just kind of your thoughts on that, I guess, what I wanted to get. I, I, I saw this today too. This isn't any kind of newspaper or, or data or anything like that, but it was just a news little story about uh, a survey and, and just how ignorant some people are. So they just ask, oh yeah, this thing called the dark web. Do you, are you for it or against it? 71% of people want the dark web, like, disabled. <laughs> Having no idea what it really Which is. Which is, number one, gibberish, because you can't just, like, oh, let's just turn that off. <laughs> and number two, like, look, criminals are going to be criminals. Maybe some little girl was, like, filmed doing something she didn't want to or anything like that, but not the dark web's fault. Not Tor's fault. Not that couple's fault. They didn't do it. That's my point of view, too. I, I don't think that the people who are contributing their time and resources to maintaining the network are to blame. I think they're probably doing it for more noble reasons, and there's some bad actors that take advantage, but I don't think that's a reason to shut it down or go after the people who facilitate private exchange of information. What do you think, Cam? You're a full legal disclaimer, you know, of course. Yeah. You know, I don't know how I feel about this. Um, I mean, I think the law firm, you know, this Moseka, what the hell, what's the name of the law firm that that ended up leaking um, the the Panamanian or uh, yeah, Panamanian law firm that leaked this stuff. Um, if I was one of their clients, I'd be pretty hacked off that you know they <laughs> that that my you know my confidential information you know really in with the attorney client privilege uh, of confidentiality is like the most sacred you know aside from obviously like safeguarding your money or whatever if you have money with an attorney aside from that the only other thing that's most sacred it's like you know like a a source and it's and and a, and a journalist or like a priest and the whatever like it's supposed to be the most sacred thing so for these guys to leak that information or, or allow that to happen is, is pretty tough. And I'm assuming that their whatever bar association in Panama is going to have some questions for them on that. Um, as far as it being, you know, the problem is, is that like, it's none of, none of what these people were doing is illegal in terms of what the law firm was doing. So whether they got their money from ill-gotten gains or whatever, that's another thing, you know, because there's just like a lot of a lot of these people implicated are 
you know, Chinese pretty high, uh, you know, officials. And I think just today, the, uh, somebody pretty high up resigned. I, I can't remember. Uh, I think Iceland's prime minister resigned, yeah, yeah. um, you know, because of the scandal where they got their money, that's their business, you know, whether or not they did it illegally, that's one thing. But what you're seeing here is not anything illegal. These shell companies are set up all the time. And it's funny because if you actually look at the information, there's not many Americans implicated there, not because Americans don't do it, but because there are so many law firms in America that do it already. We didn't need need to. (laughs) Yeah. You didn't, you don't need to go to Panama to get it done. You know what I'm saying? Like you can just go down the street to uh, somebody and, and they'll do it for you. So it's not illegal per se in terms of the, the actual what they did. Uh, now, I'd be interested though, what I'm more interested in, in is to see like where that money come, comes from. Like you've got like mm. one of Vladimir Putin's like best friends, like with like $2 billion or something like that. Like, you know, is that some of his money? Like, you know, what is this money that all these, these officials are hiding? Um, that's what I'd, I'd love to see is like, where, where did that money come from? And I hope that this prompts investigations into that, but you know, me playing devil's advocate, you know, I'd be pretty pissed if I, if, if I was one of those, you know, if I had a bunch of money and I wasn't doing anything illegal, I just put it, you know, offshore because, you know, why not take advantage of a law that allows you to pay less taxes? Um, and then some a-hole leaked it. And now everyone knows like what I have and where I have it and all my personal, you know, I mean, people's passport photo, you know, passport yeah. copies, all kinds of shit was leaked. I mean, that's, that's terrible. My sympathy is limited because <laughs> I would like my paycheck to be deposited overseas and still have access to it and not have to pay taxes. That sounds wonderful, but I don't have that. Right. Right. Uh, or I don't have that option. So why should anybody, I guess? Um, well, still, some, though, some people, some people were actually not even involved in any, anything like that kind of like of, 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 you know, putting money offshore. Some people were just like Americans that were buying real estate overseas. Ah. So like to buy like a Costa Rican or Panamanian home or something to retire at or have a vacation home and all their information is out there now, you know? So there's, there's still the harm done of the data of the, of the breach that the, the, these people's data was put out there for public consumption, basically. Yeah. And I, I mean, being an attorney, I, I, that rubs me the wrong way, regardless of what, I mean, some things are just so egregious that, okay, you know, like fine. If, if there's something that bad and it gets leaked, I, I don't really have that much of a problem with it, but you know, at my core, I maybe probably, probably because I just, it's been drummed into me for the last, like, you know, since law school, 15 years or whatever, that the attorney-client privilege is sacred. Doesn't matter if the guy killed his mother or he's a you know child molester or whatever it is. You have this sacred bond with that person, and you cannot break that trust. Um, and I understand why that's there. It's because you know it's a slippery slope. If you if you breach that for one thing, then it's like okay, well, what about this next thing? That's just a little less bad. And then this next thing that's just a little less bad. And then it's, you get to the point where it doesn't mean anything anymore. Sort of like freedom of speech, you know, like freedom of speech should be held sacred. No matter what it is, you might hate what it is, but you have to respect the person's ability to say it. Um, and so that, that aspect of it rubs me the wrong way that these people's information was leaked. But, you know, at the same time, like you said, Tom, it's hard to feel bad for, 
a bunch of rich assholes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. your point is definitely taken about uh, the, the, the privilege that exists between an attorney and a client. I mean, and I, I, I kind of get that, but this law, this law firm as a whole did not disclose this information. There was some renegade within their ranks. Well, or they're claiming or that it was straight up stolen. Like that day okay. it was like stolen from them. them or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I say claiming okay. because that is currently their claim. It may very well be true. I'm not trying to cast aspersions. Yeah. I mean, it, it actually probably would be better. Well, I'm, I'm just speaking for, I don't know what the law is in Panama or the ethics rules or whatever, but it's probably better. It probably would have been better if it, there was just some like renegade guy that they could, you know, make a scapegoat. scapegoat. Like, oh, this guy. Yeah. This guy just, you know, stole this information and whatever. Because I know here in, in Florida, well, specifically in Florida, I don't, I don't know about other states, but safeguarding client information is huge. Like you have to have almost like, you know, uh, NASA level security, like on your, on your computer and your servers and your clouds and stuff like that. Because if, if somebody hacks your data and your clients are uh, disadvantaged because of that or, or hurt because of that, you're, you're in big trouble. I mean, mm. you, you've got to prove that you took almost every possible, uh, you, you know, step to safeguard their, their, their information. And that doesn't mean just like a little password or, you know, whatever. I mean, you have to have like encryptions and all kinds of stuff like that. Interesting. And, uh, different public disclosure laws don't come into play until things are kind of filed with the court, right? So anything you and I are discussing in your law office, that's between us. So only when we go and make something a public record in the court, is it available, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, like Tom, like if you came to me in the middle of the night and you had, you know, with blood on your hands and you said, I killed somebody and you know, I, I would not be able to, to tell anyone. I mean, I could, but I would be lose my license basically. Okay. The okay. only exception to the attorney client privilege is if like, I know that there's going to be a future event, like if you came in and you told me I just killed someone, I couldn't say anything. But if you came in and you said, I just killed someone and I'm going to go kill someone else, then uh. I would be obligated to, to notify the authorities. Same thing with like, and they also carve out molestation. If someone came to me and said, Hey, I molested this child, I couldn't tell anyone. But if they told me, uh, I'm going to molest the kid again, then, you know, you have, obviously you, okay. you, you have yeah. to, you know, tell someone I, I planted a bomb under the bridge you, yeah, that yeah, kind of yeah. Stuff. if okay. there's like a, a a reasonable uh you know whatever assumption that there may be some sort of uh you know bodily grievous bodily injury or death or whatever to someone uh you have to disclose that okay makes sense yeah not the case here so uh yeah this is as we fin financial shit so yeah yeah just financial shit true but but you also a good segue because you mentioned like child molestation and so on. And I guess that was the smoke that drew the police to these yeah. people's house in Seattle looking for fire. And uh, what rubbed me the wrong way about that story wasn't so much like, okay, if you get a, if you hear a report of somebody distributing or facilitating the distribution of child pornography, I, I want the police to go check that out. And, for sure. Absolutely. Even if it's but, just like a small smidgen of a, ch a chance, you know, you can't, you can't take any chance with those. That kind yeah. Of thing. Just come in, see if they'll let you in, look around, see if you see any stuff laying around, you know, at a minimum, you know, and, and maybe keep an eye on them. That's fine. What I don't necessarily like, and I, I mean, I guess I understand why it happened. I don't like that an eyebrow was even raised over the tour exit node. Like that's just the purest in me. Like, 
this is a public good these people are providing. I really got the impression from that story that the the police did not raise an eyebrow that like the newspaper did. Oh, because the so police you think that came was in. Okay, we need to look. Here's our warrant. Child pornography. Nope, nothing. All right, no arrest, no warning, no nothing. They didn't confiscate anything. They just came in, checked because they had a tip, and left. And then the story was like, but that couple had us exit node! Oh, uh, so the media generated the additional source of smoke uh, from the exit node. It wasn't necessarily the cops. In, in my opinion. I mean, that's that's what it looked like to me. I mean, if, if there wasn't some kind of smoke, you wouldn't have read that story. Right. I mean, you know, cops show up, find nothing. It's not a story. What what gets the cops to come out, though? Like, let's just say I piss somebody off and they're like, that guy, he's got a child poured ring. He's running out of his house. I mean, I, again, I just got done saying I really want the police to follow up on all those. But someone maliciously just calls in a tip and says I'm a child porn, you know, pervert or whatever. The tip came from 4chan, didn't it? So I think it was something terrible. Like, yeah, like some awful source like 4chan, which is a notorious website in and of itself. I, I kind of think maybe they can investigate everything except shit that comes from 4chan. I mean, <laughs> that that is just a just just just, just, just Dismiss 4chan. <laughs> um, well, they the article I saw, they had a warrant, which means that they're – I mean, assuming that there's not like a cozy relationship between the judge and whatever, I mean, which I would assume not. I mean, judges are pretty, you know, for the most part, very, you know, very – take their job very seriously. Mm. And so when you have – to get a warrant, there's a pretty high bar in terms of, you know, the probable cause you need. And, and you know, a judge is just not going to sign something. Okay, yeah, go ahead. You know, warrants, warrants are taken very seriously because you're invading someone's – privacy and their, you know, their liberty, you know, their home basically. Sure. So they must have had some sort of substantial evidence that showed there's a distinct possibility that at this premises, there's some sort of, you know, child pornography or whatever going on. Now, here's an okay. interesting question. Do you think the Tor exit node could have caused like probable doubt? Yeah, that's the thing. I'm wondering, see, hmm. Brian, you said one thing where it was like, you know, maybe they were just really focused on the, on the child porn aspect. And it just so happened that they had the tour exit node. When I read it, I was originally sort of thinking maybe the, the child, the child porn angle was just a, a reason to get at the I guess, node. Yeah. 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 It was just their like sort of excuse to try to go see like if anything was really going on because they had a, they knew that that person had a node. But I'm sort of, after I heard what you said, I mean, I think I'm sort of leaning the other way. I think they probably were just investigating the child porn and just, it just so happened that they had the node there. And that's probably what mm. prompted the the whole investigation. And, you know, it's probably what prompted the investigation, but they, I don't think they would have just went in if they just had a node, you know? Okay. I mean, I, I guess the only, I've kind of switched positions a little as I'm thinking about it. I wonder now... They went to the judge like, hey, we went to 4chan.com and they're claiming these guys have child porn. The judge is like, 4chan? Uh, I'm not so sure. And they're like, but hey, we also learned they have a Tor exit node. And as we know, people use those to distribute child porn and drugs and stuff. Yeah, like, I'm I'm sure, now I'm wondering. Yeah, I'm sure it played a part into it because like – and it's funny because I know you're tongue in cheek. But like you know, I'm sure 95% of judges don't know what – like 4chan is or an exit note is. So <laughs> right. they probably just went to them and said, 
these people are operating an exit node, which is a, you know, something that facilitates the dark internet or the dark web. And that's used for, you know, this kind of activity and that kind of activity. And, and we've got a tip that they might have child pornography. And so that's probably how they sold it to the judge. I mean, mm-hmm. again, allegedly, I don't know what information they had. I don't know what evidence they had or yeah. probable cause to get the warrant. But like I said, to get a warrant, you need pretty substantial evidence. So l- let me ask this. And I think this is more of a cam question, but Tom, I want your input too. Guns are legal, but I, I think like if someone said, hey, they have a gun in that house that might have killed someone and you show up and they just find a gun. Oh, no, this isn't that gun. It's kind of the same thing. That is a tool that someone could use for child pornography. They did not, but right. it is a little suspicious in that one instance. Owning a Tor exit node is not suspicious, but hey, child pornography uh. came out of a node might be. Yeah. Maybe they were fishing. Yeah. I mean, we don't know. And and that's the problem is we'll probably never know. But it also is, I think it says a lot that this is the, maybe we just haven't heard about it. Um, and maybe the media is just now catching on to it. Um, but I think this is the first time I've ever heard of anyone with a tour exit node getting raided. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that doesn't mean that it hasn't happened before. It just, you know, maybe we're just now hearing about it, but I don't think that the authorities would really care about that. Like, like I don't, I don't think that they're like, I, I don't know that they would have like a conscious effort to be like, oh, well, we know that all this bad stuff happens on the dark web. So we're going to harass these people with the exit nodes that facilitate it. Um, but, you know, stranger things have happened. You don't think it's dangerous mm-hmm. to have one in your home yet? Oh, I, I, I wouldn't have one in my home. I mean – just because you never know what's going to go through that. You know what I mean? The laws of like, especially child pornography are very, very strict as they should be. And even if you have, even if you haven't accessed it or looked at it, you'd, you'd still be responsible, wouldn't you? Right. I mean, if that is on the machine that's in your possession or whatever the technology, you know, yeah. even if it's not a machine or whatever it is, you know, if that data is somewhere physically on you know on something that you own i i i mean as i i only know enough about that kind of law to be dangerous but i I, you know i would assume that there's probably definitely some criminal liability there because it's it's strict liability it's like statutory rape it doesn't matter if you didn't know if it's there it's there (laughs) and you're fucked you know what i mean like if if you it doesn't matter you didn't know she was underage if you did it you did it that's I'm not advocating for statutory rape, but I, yeah. I, I still think you have to know and in, and have some intent to commit a crime. I mean, like, it, yeah, statutory I, I, I rape is. Yeah, I get what you're saying, Tom. The, the, well, that that is the basis of criminal law. It's called mens rea, which is a Latin term for you know knowing what you're doing, um, or having the criminal intent. But the, I guess, society, the you know basically pretty much every state and, and the government has made the determination that the social need to protect children outweighs the criminal intent or mens rea requirement. So in those specific situations like statutory rape, child pornography, whatever, even if you didn't know, they're making the, the, the government has made the decision that we don't care that you didn't know, we're, we have to protect the kids 
So the fact that you didn't know is outweighed <sighs> by, by the need to protect the kid. I definitely get the emotional impulse behind that because these crimes are revolting, but I don't, I just, I don't like that. That doesn't seem like something a reasonable justice system allows for. Um, you know, it's kind of mob rule or, or the passions of the mob ruling the day. And I'm part of the mob, so don't get me wrong Yeah. in this, in these cases, but I, I, I don't know. Something about that just doesn't seem right. Yeah, no, it sucks if you're, if it's you, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it sucks. Yeah, yeah. If, like, you know what I mean? And what's, I mean, just we're getting off sort of on a tangent, but what, what sucks even more about the, the like statutory rape kind of thing is like, she could show you an ID, like a fake ID that says, oh, I'm 21 or I'm 18 or 19 or whatever it is. And that doesn't matter either. Like, <laughs> sorry. You know, you just, you got, you got, got like, you know, sorry. That, see that, that's just, that strikes me as exceedingly unjust. Like I was presented papers that this person was, you know, yeah. this person like represented themselves as somebody old enough. And I went to extraordinary lengths to, God, I saw <laughs> As I'm saying this, I know people are like writing things down. Like that's two list we need. <laughs> we need to check out this Tom. We need to check this Tom guy out. Yeah, <laughs> no. but no. you know, if if you do due diligence, as it were, with regard to your sex partners, and they provide you ID and <laughs> three forms of ID, like I mean, Jesus, at a certain point, it just seems like we're being ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what society and the lawmakers have decided is is you know, should be in place to protect kids. I, it's hard to disagree with it, but at the same time, I, again, same, if it were me, I'd be like, what the hell, man? You know what I mean? Like I, I did everything I possibly could to make sure I didn't do this crime and I'm still getting stuck with it. You know what yeah. I mean? That's what, like, I mean, if you're in front of the judge and like the, per, the victim says, yeah, I provided three forms of ID, all of which were fake that said I was 22 years old and I was really 17. And like, if they admit that, Will the judge at least be lenient or no? Yeah, still yeah. Done. I mean, look, all that okay. would go into sentencing. You know what I mean? But you're still, you're still, you're still guilty. You're, you're still <laughs> wow. a felon. You're still a felon. Like you're, you're still like have to register with like Megan's law or whatever. As man, a, that's as what a predator. I've got, I've got the gray hair I mean, rule, man. You know, shit. I, I mean, you may not even do any jail time. Like you know, if someone if they came in and like you know said, oh yeah, I told him, I showed him a fake ID. Like you know, he had no idea the judge might go easy on you and say, okay, well, you're just going to have probation or whatever. Okay. That's great. I'm not going to jail, but at the same time, like now I have a felony on my record. What's your felony? Oh, statutory rape. Doesn't look good on a job in, on a job application. You know what I mean? And then you got to register for that Megan's law thing where, you know, people stand in front of your house with picket signs and man, if there's my, my new rule and it's been this way for a decade, if there's no gray hair, it, it ain't fair. I, I'm not. I'm not going near it. I'm not going there. Yeah, this should be like your your Johnny Cochran. The, if there's no gray hair, I ain't going there. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> oh, oh god. Well, we, we got a little off topic, but I yeah, think no, this no, was pretty was entertaining. So, <laughs> yeah. um, I don't think I was looking for a definite like data is could be used for evil and you know or data data should not be protected because you know bad guys use that protection. I think we can all kind of see where privacy and obfuscation and encryption are good. Um, but, you know, the flip side is you got perverts using it to, to do nasty stuff. And um, I'm still not comfortable with the notion that a Tor node could cast any suspicion on you. But to Brian's point, 
if a crime was committed, if somebody was shot with a certain make and model of gun and I was known to not like that person and I was known to own that make and model of gun, I would think that would all be kind of figured in as the police were doing their investigation, right? So I'm legitimately surprised yeah. at how well this story turned out. I thought the cops were going to show up and shoot him. <laughs> and, and they, apparently they, well, they were very well conducted. Look, we have a warrant. We're going to check. Didn't find anything. Have a nice day. Well, he wasn't black, Brian. I don't. I don't right. think that's I mean, you know. So he doesn't get shot. Like <laughs> shooting isn't step one. <laughs> Sorry, just kidding, Seattle. Not Police really, department. though. You know <laughs> Making light of it, but it happens. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So I don't know, Cam. Did I make a kind of? Was that kind of a valid? Yeah. Uh, no, analogy? I, I agree with you. I mean, I, I, I think it sets a dangerous precedent. If, if indeed they were just using this whole thing as a guise to get at someone with a tor- uh, you know, with, with the exit node, that sucks. I mean, you know, that whole like where there's smoke, there's fire, doesn't cut it with me. Like just because I have a gun in my house doesn't mean I committed a crime. Just because. I want to keep what I do on the internet secret doesn't mean I'm doing anything illegal. So, you know what I mean? It's like the whole innocent until proven guilty thing. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, I, I, my, the law tells me that I shouldn't do anything illegal. I'm not, I follow the law and it, it's, it should be assumed. You, you, you can't assume that I'm not following the law. You know what I mean? You have yeah, to have yeah. some sort of evidence. You have to have some sort of, whatever, just, you know, it's the same as if I just stay in my house all day. So what, what's next? You're going to come and check on me and make sure I'm not like, you know, smoking pot or uh, doing drugs. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, you have to assume that the citizenry is doing the right thing until you are provided with substantial evidence that otherwise, just because you're doing something that, you know, they're doing something that you might not like, that doesn't mean it's illegal. And that doesn't mean they should be persecuted. So, I mean, I hope these people, you know, came out okay. Because, you know, that, that would have been even shittier is that, like, if they were just going after them because they had an exit node and then all of a sudden, you know, they, maybe they had, like, a bag of weed or something. Well, isn't it – is it legal there? Or Yeah, I think a certain quantity. But. Yeah, whatever. But say they had, like, something there, you know, whatever, and then they got busted for that. I mean, that's – you know, which happens a lot. I also hmm. – and I don't want to get too into this, but I also don't like we're here because we think you have pot. And then we also found an unregistered gun. So now we got you for that. Like, I, I get that the police are allowed to if it's in plain sight, they're allowed to use it against you. But you're here to toss my plates for pot, man. And yeah. I, I don't know. I, yeah. I guess if you see a dead body, that should come into play, too. But yeah, well, if they, if they have that warrant and they can they can look through anything, you know, so whatever they find is fair game. Mm. Unfortunately. Well, and I guess we have to have faith that when they have a warrant, they did go before a judge who considered they it did that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there, there are checks in place, you know, for that because, you know, but like I said, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, there is that sort of cozy relationship between law enforcement and the judges. Not always. And I'm not, you know, I'm not implying at yep. all anything untoward, but I'm just saying, you know, there have been abuses in the past where, you know, judges would just sign anything or whatever. Yeah. Okay. You want to go check that out? Go ahead. Oh, you need, you want a wiretap? Okay. Like, you know, the, 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 the bar as to what, uh, you know, is required is, is different across the States. It's different federally. It's different just by the judge. You know, you may have one judge that's, you know, really hard on crime that uh, will allow warrants, you know, much easier than someone who is a, like a, a, 
a, a judge that's a you know more of a privacy advocate. So mm. and and you know you're kidding yourself if you don't think that these law enforcement agents and and uh, prosecutors don't shop. You know what I mean? Like they know what judges to go to for certain things. You know what I mean? So that's... it's it, it's it happens. You know. That's also a little disturbing, but. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a discussion for another day offline yeah. in case I'm in trouble. Yeah, exactly. No, but I mean, just like I was saying that you have to, the, you know, the government has to trust the citizenry. We have to a great extent trust the government, you know, or society yeah. or society won't function. So again, just, just because they went and got a warrant doesn't mean they did anything wrong. You know, just like we're saying that just because someone has an exit node means they're, they're doing something wrong, you know? It's yeah. sort of a give and take. A, a measure of faith is required, I suppose. I've got a funny television anecdote to share with you uh, <laughs> by way of closing out the episode, unless you guys okay. have anything else you want to mention. No, we're good. Uh, I was watching for what? Oh, it's because wrestling comes on USA and on USA are reruns of all these terrible, like they're not terrible, but all these cop shows everybody likes the law <laughs> and order and all this. We're like... No criminal knows the word lawyer, like no suspect. They're like, all right, spill it. Okay, I'll tell you everything. Like nobody, never once do they bring in yeah. a lawyer. Or if they do, the lawyer's some bumbling incompetent or the lawyer gets duped by the client. Like it's always like, you know, the, the cops are always right. Yeah. Well, there was just this episode. It just reminded you, this discussion reminded me of it on the other day where they were trying to get into some suspect's house and they're like, we, we need a warrant. And this lady comes and hands over the warrant. She's like, yeah, I found my, I found this judge at his favorite drinking spot. And he signed it without looking after I gave him a couple of drinks. So go kiss the door in <laughs> before he sobers up. I was like, what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm uh, sure that has happened at some point, you know, in history. But like, I mean, I think, like I said, 99.99% of judges are, you know, they, they take their job seriously. I, I would hope so. I would hope so. I, I would hope that the uh, Seattle warrant was not obtained <laughs> by, uh, get by the guy. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. No, so. it's it's funny you say that too. Like no yeah, no one knows lawyer and, and that's sort of in a related topic, like you know, if you ever I, I just today I was watching that show, The First Forty Eight. It just randomly was on TV. I I hardly ever watch that show, but like it's like these guys, they they get them into like these interrogation rooms and they never ask for lawyers. I don't get that. <laughs> yeah. And, and they tell them, and, and I've even seen them basically say to them, like the cops, like, oh, you don't need a lawyer. It, it, people who get lawyers are, are guilty. You know what I mean? And that's the worst thing. And that's so like goes exactly with sort of what we we're talking about. Just because I'm exercising my right to not say anything to you and, and before I speak to a lawyer doesn't mean I did anything wrong. You know what I mean? Yet a lot of times by doing that, that triggers the cops to think that you did something wrong because you're like, well, I, you know, they, they their, their whole thing is, well, if you didn't do anything wrong, you got nothing to worry about. Well, how many times have, you know, people been railroaded because they thought they didn't need a lawyer, you know? Right. I mean, I'm gonna tell you right now, Cam, the cops call me up for any reason. Like, Hey, you witnessed this accident. We want you to come in. I'm calling you first. You're That's coming fine. with me. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm I not mean, talking to anybody without a lawyer, man. Listen, we have a saying, you can't catch a fish with its mouth closed. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and this fish swims free. Yeah. <laughs> so, Anyway, thanks once again, Cam, for uh, the application of your brilliant legal mind. <laughs> legal analysis. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 
And uh, anything else, guys, before we uh, call it an episode? No, I just uh, I should probably go shut down my Tor exit node. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, man. No, Me government, too. I don't have one, so just so you guys know. <laughs> Neither do I, nor do I use encryption because I have nothing to hide. Nothing yeah, no, that's the other thing too, is I don't use Tor. I mean, I, I, and I'm not just saying that because I, you know, whatever, I, I, I legitimately don't use it, but I respect anyone's right to use it, you know, and I think everyone else should. I tried it once and I actually removed it from my machine because I thought it might bring suspicion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm too much of a nervous Nelly to, you know, use that. Because honestly, I don't, what, what do I care? I'm not engaging in any political revolt. Like, you know right. what I mean? Like, right. okay, you want to see my Amazon purchases? Okay. Like, you know, whatever. Like, I don't care. I, I think the most interesting thing I did on it was I went to like, uh, what is my IP address? Mm. And it, it was bouncing all over the world. And I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> That's awesome. But beyond that, I couldn't really figure out like, well, you know, what else am I going to do here? I don't really know. Yeah. Um, wasn't very useful to me because I'm not a political activist, but, uh, yeah. I mean, you want to see anyway. my, my trades on board game geek? I mean, okay. Like, <laughs> whatever. It's still cool though. And I, I'm glad yeah. it exists. So I'll say that. And, uh, that's it. And then, you know, speaking of things that exist, I'm glad this podcast still exists. 206 episodes later. It is crazy. We are cruising. We are cruising. And uh, with that said, I will advise our listeners that they should cruise on over to iTunes, do a secure connection, and uh, <laughs> download a completely unencrypted episode of their choosing of the Nerd Travaganza podcast. Do this every week. We've got plenty out there, and we would really, really appreciate positive feedback in the form of reviews and stars. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, add us to your Google circles, and join the Nerd Stravaganza HQ group on Facebook. Head on over to nerdstravaganza.com where we do not have any Panama papers for you to read, but we do have all of our back episodes for you to enjoy. Uh, jump on over to YouTube, check out all of our video content where we have absolutely zero child porn. I can certify that. Uh, but we do have very uh, funny and good video content for your viewing pleasure. And send us an email at nerdstravaganza at gmail.com and let us know what is going on in your life. And with all that said, uh, Cam, why don't you take us out with the Legal Eagle final word? Dun dun! <laughs> all right, good night, everybody. Farewell. See you guys. <laughs> Law and order. <laughs> yes. Dun dun. <laughs> He's in his watering hole. Let's get the warrant. <laughs> oh man, that's good. <laughs>